Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Finch Show, and I am James Finch, where we're talking 3D printing, cosplay, anything nerdy and rad. My guest on this episode of the podcast is Ray Kennex, and she's just such a fantastic human being. Cosplayer, actor, singer, you name it. She's done a couple of Star Wars fan-made films. One of them is called Fulcrum. The other one is called Sakura, showing off her awesome cosplay ability and, I dare I say, filmmaking ability? I don't know, but they're fantastic. Check it out. I'm going to stop talking. Without further ado, here's Ray. Okay, so I'm... When it comes to a character such as Ahsoka, um, I guess where I want to start is, do you know of a time when you remember first being exposed to the character or even the first time you fell in love with the character? It definitely didn't happen right away. It took us a little bit to develop that relationship with her. And I can tell it's definitely a relationship. Um, It was in Rebels. It was not until I watched the whole uh, show until the very end that I saw who Ahsoka became and her whole journey got completed for me at that point. And that's when I guess I related to her at so many points in time throughout her life that it just happened organically. I guess there was not just one instant that I can remember, but I remember finishing watching the show, just turning it off and thinking, wow, that's finally a character that I can so deeply connect to mm-hmm. that it never happened before do you um do you feel a, a not relationship but do you relate to the character in a lot of ways do you feel like you have things about her that you don't like or do you just feel like in a lot of ways you're lock and step with her i like everything about her um her flaws and her good sides as well and uh, i definitely relate to her in some very major ways you know we can say everyone has a character in star wars they can relate to and see themselves in but this this for me nothing like that because ahsoka's journey uh is very similar to my journey in some ways it's very personal like leaving everything you know behind all the people you love behind and finding your own way by yourself in a completely new world finding your new place in this world it's profound and for me that happened when i moved to the states from ukraine by myself pursuing a new career leaving everything for something big unknown but knowing that's the right thing to do so um, even though the reasons were dif- different but mm. the outcome was the same and the emotion was the same so that was one point and then her journey from there she's kind of a lone wolf in a way even though she has friends and team and everything but i could relate to that introvertism of her even though she's very friendly and kind and cares about people and um, she's always this kind of lone warrior samurai that she's um, um, she's very self-reflective too and I could see that in myself as well Um, and she's such an important figure she is not the one who goes out there and gives herself to everyone it's vice versa people come to her and she's like this magnet that attracts the light and something good. And uh, uh, that's not only what I want to be and I strive to be, but hopefully in a way I can do that with my creative work, with my project. So I see those little connecting points. And uh, that's why I'm saying it's such a deep bond. It's not just like, oh, Ahsoka's cool, you know, and she's kind and that's it. For me, it's those life um, life points and those global um global aspects of her of who she is 
Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm like I'm just like Ahsoka, but <laughs> a lot of things are so similar. I'm way more crazy than she is. <laughs> but in that way, I guess, yeah, those are the major things that I can see that are the same. Yeah. I remember uh, you know, sort of this this weird relationship for the character, because as a character now, I, I love her to death for, for all the reasons you said she's just a great character. Um, as somebody who's been a fan of Star Wars for a long time, I remember when she first premiered on Clone Wars. And I remember thinking to myself, would this brat shut up? It's <laughs> just this little kid. Just wh- why is she here? What is going on? But watching her over the course of Clone Wars and then into Rebels grow mm-hmm. up and mature and turn into the person that she was. Um, and now now I'm a huge fan of the character. You know, I, I kind of laugh. It was sort of it was almost like having like an annoying little sister that you watch yeah. grow up who you couldn't stand initially. And now you just you just adore her so much. Um but I, I do want to go back to something earlier you said about um, leaving Ukraine and coming to the United States. How long ago did you do that? It was about eight years ago. Okay. Eight or nine years ago. It's hard to tell because I was back and forth for a little bit before I finally moved completely. So, yeah, it's been been a few years. Mm-hmm. And was it just to, uh, what, what was your aspiration upon leaving and coming to the United States? Well, it was a big life change for me because previously I had an education and career in uh, international relations and analysis. So it was very, you know, diplomacy and um, informational warfare. So very different from anything creative. Uh, But I always was involved in some creative work in some ways, mostly in music. Uh, But it was always a hobby. And um, it wasn't until I started winning TV shows and music contests and it started to to take over my life uh, until the point where I had to make a choice. Do I go to the um, States, to Los Angeles and be a part of a TV show contest or do I stay at my job? And uh, I was a journalist and a newscaster uh, or do I stay there and just, you know, go on with my life? And um, I had to quit the job to do this show and I won it. And uh, that's how I guess it gave me some confidence and some clarity, gave me a glimpse of what it could be. And so many good people believed in me, I guess, in this way as an artist, that I could see myself doing that forever. Um, So I gave it a go. I just decided to try now or never. (laughs) And yeah, and and I think it was a good decision Mm -hmm. overall. Everything I learned before, all my experience in life before that, uh, it now serves me very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, for sure. Especially the, um, and it's great that you did that, having that creative vision to want to go do that. Um, so in terms of right now, um, I, I wanted, because I kept, caught one of your live streams the other day, and correct me if I misunderstood this. Did you have a, a role in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? I did have a very teeny, very small role, just super small. And uh, all that whole scene got so much cut down, got shortened so much that you can practically not see me. I did see myself because anywhere I was. But yeah, it was it was super small, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, what mattered that I was on set for two days in the middle of the coolest scene I could ever imagine in my entire life. And uh, that's that experience, I guess, was way more important. <laughs> than seeing myself I know there will be other opportunities to actually be in it but just on that day I guess it, it happened only twice in history and I was there on that second time first time I saw it in the movie theater and the second time I was there and that, that's I guess like just boom <laughs> it was all worth it how did uh, how did something like that come together for you uh it's um well you know casting process it's usually how it happens um 
uh, a friend of mine knew someone who was looking for a person to fill in the role and they sent my information to the casting department and then I know there was some weeding out process and I ended up being making it to the very end mm -hmm. cool, yeah, cool, cool but I guess it definitely was because I was already uh, visible in Star Wars community and because it's so tight and everyone knows each other mm -hmm. uh, that's how it happens that is so cool the um I personally, I love that show. I, I thought it was such a great show. I mm -hmm. think like anything, you know, anybody in the world is going to have stuff to um, nitpick on here and there uh, for sure. But it felt mm -hmm. to me like um, as somebody who is old enough, I saw uh, Return of the Jedi in theaters. I was pretty young. I was like five or six. I just remember Ewoks and I thought they were cool. Um, but, but you felt like from episode three to episode four, there was just like this big gap with Obi-Wan. Like you're telling me that for 18 years, he was just chilling on Tatooine and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to get some of that filled in was really great. Um, that is so cool. So you were on the set. Now, if I understood this correctly, and you know, cause you were there, um, was it something that was filmed outside or was it filmed on these famous screens that we're now hearing so much about? Yeah, it's called the volume. Okay. Yeah, and it was shot inside the, the, the big volume, yes. Um, I guess they wanted for that scene, they cut down so many people that were supposed to be in it. They wanted someone professional who knew what they were doing. They wanted someone trustworthy who will keep it secret and, you know, won't won't go around and sharing everything. So, and I wanted a particular look, I guess. So everything worked together. And like I said, it was inside. It was a closed set. Not that many people were there. And uh, it was very, very crazy. It was like being in a theater, you know, all day and watching like a live action theater Star Wars in front of you while being in the middle of it. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, what, what part were you in in the show? The Order 66 one. Oh, okay. Where they were in the temple. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Do I have to, I've got to go back and watch, see if I can pick you out now. You might not see me, but I'm just waiting for um, some documentary behind the scenes to be mm. released. Hopefully they'll do it because there was a, a guy with a camera who was filming a lot. I, I've seen the pictures, like a close-ups of me and everything, my character. So I just, just hopefully they will release something and I can show everyone because <laughs> otherwise I'm just saying like no one can know for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if, if it was that scene, that means that, uh, you got to spend time on set with Hayden Christensen, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, is he a giant jerk? Tell me he's just a giant jerk. Cause he seems like no, such a nice guy. He's amazing. Well, he was, <laughs> he was very um, in it. And I know a working actor, you know, when you have a, an important day scene for you, uh, he was very much in the character and um, he was very focused on what he was doing. It was super nice to everyone. And yeah, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. I imagine as somebody who like hasn't done any acting since like high school theater, I have to imagine that uh, for somebody like Hayden and like, you know, way more about this than I do. Uh, but I feel like somebody like that who may be a nice guy, but you're a very serious actor and you're trying to shoot this scene where you're just going genocidal, like how that can kind of play with your focus a little bit. Like you're trying really hard to focus and, and kind of get the mindset that you're very, very angry while at the same time trying to be nice to everybody around you. Does that give off any kind of strange vibes on set or anything? Not really, because everyone knows what you're doing. I think it's vice versa. Uh, 
he was even too nice because uh, somebody kept talking to him and I was just like, just, just leave him alone because, you know, it's a very serious scene he has to do now. And, and he's just trying, mm -hmm, you know, like, mm -hmm, like he's trying to be really nice. <laughs> and I'm like, where's your assistant to tell those people to just leave you alone? Because, you know, it's important for you to do this, right? To be in the right mindset. But yes, um, it didn't give any strange vibes. You usually can read the room, read the set, every set's different, even on a different day. So sometimes you can goof around and laugh and then just like switch and you're back in the acting. But uh, sometimes in on a day like that, everything's so dark and gloomy and serious that everyone's keeping the atmosphere like that. On that day, everyone was very quiet, very focused because uh, the whole the whole place seemed like you are there, you know, and it's such a dark moment in Star Wars history that mm -hmm. uh, I guess everyone there is a nerd, of course. <laughs> so no one wanted to even disturb the air. And so it was totally crazy. Yeah. The uh, what's their um? Because you said you know they they want somebody they can trust. I, I assume then they're pretty locked down in terms of like security, in terms of any kind of leaks or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't walk around in your normal outfit, what you're wearing. So they give you that famous black robe with a hood. So if you're if you're going anywhere, you have to put it on so no one can take a picture of who you are in your costume. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty dumb. But I guess everyone did very good. There was no leaks. A bunch of people that I know were stormtroopers, and everyone just like we didn't even know we were there almost on the same day. And then when the show <laughs> came out, I'm like, you were there, you were there too. <laughs> so yeah. So you're not allowed to just like walk around holding up your phone, just taking videos oh, and no. pictures of everything. They even took on some scenes. I know they took away people's phones. Even. Oh wow! Yeah. And if, even if someone did snap something, of course you're not allowed to show anything. Mm -hmm. yeah, very I, serious. Yeah. I understand that completely. I have to. Um, one of the things moving on from that that I thought was really great was the uh, the two uh, short fan films that you did, um, Fulcrum, which I thought was great. Like my only complaint about it was that it was short i want i want it to be like two and a half maybe even four hours like oh just, i wish <laughs> just give me the whole thing um what made you want to do that hmm it's a good question uh well i guess it's the same thing that you said about obi-wan that there was this huge chunk of time not filled with anything and for me that was um ahsoka's time in between um between end of clone wars and between rebels and we have a book about it which is i don't know like semi-canon i guess it's not canon exactly but um i just wanted to to know what she was doing at the time and i wanted to show my version of uh how she would become fulcrum because that's the whole idea of that supposedly like made film um how she became fulcrum and what her first steps would be and of course to show those very important scenes of her making the lightsabers and cleansing the crystals because that's iconic and when she says you can call me fulcrum and that's where everything begins so i guess I just just wanted to do it and i had it in my head so vividly and uh, of course i couldn't do the whole film because uh, i'm not lucasfilm or even a studio uh, but what i could do i could take five minutes and show it as a trailer and show all those important moments so you could piece the story together if you wanted to but show the important parts so now uh hopefully i'll be able to do more short films to expand on those little snippets it all again depends on the availability of people on the budget and how fast we can do it and there's a lot when it comes to ahsoka it's it's not easy to to do it 
um, to do it just fast. It has to be very thought through. It has to be good quality as best as I can. So that's why I couldn't do it as, as much right away. But now I see that the response was really good. I was so scared to put that thing out there because it was the first time we would like make something Ahsoka live action. And I was so scared about doing it because like you know fans they can just rip you apart or something's not right but we're like you know what that's how we see it and we did our best and let's just share it with the world and then whatever comes <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it was it was definitely i'm glad you put it out i mean the um that there was a scene in there that was well worth it where it's like the straight on shot um with you of ahsoka walking towards the camera with the lightsabers out and the cloak flowing in the back like that shot was like money. I mean, it was money. It was so good. Um, like that alone, like I almost want that as like a gift to be like the wallpaper on my phone because it just looks so great. Um, how does something like that happen in terms of bringing together a crew, um, finances, that kind of thing? It's funny that you mentioned that shot because that was completely unplanned. <laughs> that <laughs> shot, it was just spontaneity of the moment. Well, actually that particular shot, we just went to take some pictures um, in the end of the shooting day. Shooting day, we just went to, um, to the location to take some shots since I was in costume already. And I saw that hallway and we had camera with us and I'm like, I tell Jason who's the director, I'm like, listen, what if we do just one shot with the lightsabers walking? Because the hallway scenes, it's the Star Wars thing. Let's do it. He's like, okay. So no one was there, like no security, no nothing. So we just did it. And my feet were bleeding at that point already. But oh, no. yeah, but it, it turned out cool. So yeah, sometimes you just kind of got to improvise and uh, have your eyes open for possibilities but how how do you put something like that together well even though it's called fan film people who worked on it an absolute majority of our little team they're all professionals in their fields so they're professional director editor um, special effects people so everyone who worked on it are working filmmakers so what you have to do to to put them together I guess uh, this is why where my uh, uh, past comes into work organizing things and making it work producing so you have to have a good idea because if the idea is not uh, worthy then people will not waste their time and energy on something but if you have a good idea and you can show that you can make something good in the end then people will be excited well the people who vibe with that idea not everyone people who will understand your vision and who will want to make it happen who will see that that they can contribute something and i guess um at that point when i was making that thing i already made the little one minute teaser before uh and it was pretty fun too got a lot of views so i guess people already kind of knew what to expect so when I put it out there that, hey, I'm working on this thing. Um, in the first one, we had five stormtroopers. In this one, everyone just shared it with their friends and we had 15. <laughs> so <laughs> it just happens like that. And um, you just have to produce, literally do film production. Mm -hmm. You put together the whole book, production book. What do you need? What locations, what actors, what crew, what gear? Uh, what post-production stuff you were thinking on you put together a budget then you plan the shoot and this one was a big one because we had like seven or eight shoot days um, throughout the months to check everyone's availability 
so it's it's a legit production so that's why when i'm getting those questions like oh how can fans do something like that i think if, if you're just a fan who has nothing to do with film industry i don't think you can do it by yourself mm -hmm. because it really requires some professional experience and if you don't have it at least you can find people who do have it so if you have an idea you can have those people do the work for you you know what i mean because <laughs> you have to write you have to yeah it's it's a lot it's so much work it's way more than people can imagine that goes into it that's why even five minutes takes forever to do especially if you have very little budget mm -hmm. yeah the um well i i'm glad everybody worked on it because it it looks amazing it really does and then you did the uh the follow-up sakura what mm -hmm. made you want to tap into that character sakura well i love ayla and um, I was already working on a costume. I was already working in it um, for a while, actually. But then again, I got a, I don't know, I had, a, had to have motivation, I guess, to finish it. But uh, the real thing was uh, I started exploring the comics about her because uh, I always liked her. She's very mysterious. We don't know much about her. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see. I like her look. She kind of looks like she could do things and I started reading comics about her and I found out this incredible lore incredible backstory all the things that she did and the more I read the more I was like oh my gosh how come people not know about this I know it's legend but everything about her all her stories are insanely cool and I'm, I'm like Jason our director was like look at this it's like a ready script for her she's <laughs> one of the freaking coolest characters in Star Wars and no one knows mm -hmm. so we decided to show little glimpses of that to get people care about her more and to get people interested in her more. That was two goals for us. So this five minutes, they're just packed with Easter eggs. If you read the comics, you'll recognize where it's all coming from, but there's all references to her backstory, to the lore, um, to give her more, let's put it all together, put it in a blender and add some of me in there and see what we can come up with and show her and make people care about her and want to want to find out more about those little things that she did. And I hope I hope we did it because the, judging on by the reviews, uh, people say, hey, we want to know more about her. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll do more. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. The um... Because, yeah, I think the most you see her in the actual movies is just her getting killed in Order 66. Pretty much. She just stands there. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's a great character. And, uh, again, just like the Ahsoka one there, or Fulcrum, that was such a great film. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, how much time in your life have you spent practicing lightsabers? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be laughing at me. But as, um, by Fulcrum, I didn't practice at all. And for Sakura, I practiced just a few weeks. I practiced mm -hmm. the choreography that I did in the film. Uh, I did practice some since then, so I'm a little bit better now, <laughs> but not nearly as much as I should and not nearly as much as it, as it looks like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but now I have more motivation because I want to do more because the, the more you do it, the better you get, the more you love it. So next one, I want to do something with, um, with lightsabers, maybe an actual fight. But I love it. It's it's so much fun. That would be great. Um, so in, in, in with that, but also moving on a little bit, what is it um, about acting that you enjoy? Oh, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a lot of actors say that it just lets you live different lives. 
while being you and uh, going to places where you normally wouldn't go. Uh, to me, it's telling stories. And I, I always loved science fiction and imaginary world, something that doesn't exist. So I always love telling stories, characters. Uh, so if you give me just a normal real day drama, I probably won't be interested in it as much. But I like to let my imagination work. And so Star Wars, that's why I love it so much, because there's so many ways you can do things mm -hmm. <laughs> you know you can tell so many different stories and invent so many different lines but i also like cyberpunk a lot because that's another aspect of it it's very in-depth very philosophical metaphorical you can explore really deep subjects and topics in there you know um, so acting for me is just a big part of filmmaking it's just i'm becoming one little piece of of the puzzle but i like um I like inventing people within me and projecting them outwards. It's like, I guess, a creative, creative way to express yourself. And I really like the impact that it can do because it's such a powerful medium and you can tell so many um, meaningful messages through your work, through your stories. And so I, I never, I'm never going to be the actor who just reads the script and goes act, acting and, and enjoys the process and that's it. Um, to me, it's, um, and nothing wrong with that. So I'm not saying it, it's bad or whatever. I'm just saying that I don't just enjoy the acting. I enjoy creating the stories. So it's just all a big, all big thing for me. Mm -hmm. The impactful side of it, you could like not have, nailed that more in the head. I, I think it's so, so important. I mean, there, there are roles that actors have played that have had profound impacts on people's life <laughs> in such crazy ways. You know, it, it sounds cheesy to say, but I remember back in probably about the mid 2000s, there was a show that I was, I really thoroughly enjoyed. And the main character on the show um, was a father. And I was at a point in time where I was semi-newly married. I had a, a new baby girl in my life. And it was sort of like, you know, you, you kind of, and that happens in life where you find yourselves at these like crossroads. And I remember watching the show and being so impacted by this actor's portrayal of this character and just thinking in my head, like, that's like the kind of father that I want to be. That, that's the kind of human being that I, that's the kind of person that I want to be. And it came at such a critical point in my life that, you know, not that I, you know, today, like walk around like that character, I'm pretending I'm that character, but even just the influence the level of influence mm -hmm. that it had on my life at that point in time. And I, I, wow, I think you nailed that right on the head. And I don't think that gets, um, I don't think that gets talked about it much. You know, we spend so much time talking about actors and what roles they're in and how much money they're getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not enough time talking about the impact they're playing. I mean, you look at Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan in the original trilogy. I mean, the impact that had on people's lives and that, aspect of it I think doesn't get talked about near as much yeah it, it can be very profound and especially you'll see the difference when actor plays a character and there's something different about them usually that's because they're putting something internally truthful to the character it means that they're basing that character on some of their own experience or their own thoughts so it's real it might be a different name different circumstance but what they're telling you that truth it's a real truth of a real person and that's why i guess the best actors are the ones with the most life experience later in life 
uh, almost always, the older they get, the better they get, not just in their craft, but because of how much they go through as a person and the ability, ability of an actor to be a good actor. It's to, to translate that internal into your character and show it outwardly. It's, I guess, the hardest thing to do. It sounds very simple, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And the good actors are people who are intelligent, who are wise, who have experience, uh, who feel things very deeply and understand them and who can show that through a character. And I guess those are the ones you're talking about. It's the people who can impact you through, through their roles over and over. And like Ewan McGregor, right, for one, every role he plays, uh, it's very impactful. It doesn't matter what character it is. For someone, it will hit in the feels because that's his truth. And uh, like, you know, Moulin Rouge, it's a musical, you know, <laughs> romantic and everything, but the, the, the man who loses his love, you know, <laughs> he must have lost someone, I don't know, but he was able to show that so well and now Obi-Wan or whatever he is doing. So um, the power in that is incredible. So to me, acting, it's not just oh, putting on the outfit and, you know, saying the lines and being this bad a kick eye chick or whatever. It's not about that. Even if you're playing that kind of character, it's always important to put some substance behind it. Like Wonder Woman for me is that, right? Let's say pop culture. It's not just a beautiful girl in armor, you know, punching bad guys. It's about humanity and the kindness and being so gracious and, you know, her arc is incredible because she learns about those things. So I guess um, um, that's why it's a responsibility. If you've taken yourself to be the voice, I mean, making yourself to be the voice of that character, of that message, you have to think really well about what you're going to do with it and how it's going to impact people. Uh, and that's what, for me, Star Wars is a very comfortable world to do it with i understand it i resonate with it so through that through those characters it's almost like it's uh um it's much more fun you know i don't have to explore something that's very foreign like i said if you give me some drama i'm going to put people in the trailer for two hours discussing their traumatized childhood i probably won't be good at that <laughs> i don't know but it's it it would be very very foreign but star wars when you metaphors that's what it is it's metaphors it's not just space it's mm -hmm. it's the same stories same people just somewhere else with a lightsaber mm -hmm. who ahsoka is it's a leader what my country is going through right now she i mean she is the inspiration if i am to, to make a difference what do i do what kind of person i want to be um, a it's the same thing what's more important your mission or your intuition your feelings your friends and how do you combine the two um, you know how, how you balance what you were raised to be and what you really are mm -hmm. it's those messages that are so important and through star wars it's almost like it's easier to communicate it to younger people or to someone who usually doesn't like to get into heady heady stuff <laughs> so it's all very subtle but it's possible to do and that's why i love it so much mm -hmm. do you feel like you have certain uh, roles or certain archetypes that you tend to gravitate towards or ones that you prefer definitely you know how everyone talks about typecast like oh i'm getting typecast i get typecast all the time i love it because i love the type that i get cast for um it's usually um some kind of um, someone who can do action, someone who's proactive, but who has also vulnerable side. Um, if you if you want to get, I don't know, characters that are similar. Um, 
well, you know, Jen Urso, Lara Croft, anyone who's um, who's feminine but yet has some internal strengths. Someone who's mysterious could be bad sometimes. Um, I love all of these characters because they always have some dilemmas inside. Iden Versio, Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. So usually I like to play complex characters and even, even on the surface, they might not have that. I will add it, I will find a way to do it. Oh, what a funny story. <laughs> so once I got cast uh, to play this single mom who becomes this um, like a victim, whatever, she witnesses the murder and then she has to be taken into custody and she's so scared and terrified. And I'm like, that's something new. I've never played a, a mom, single mom. And the one who's actually a victim needs to be protected. I'm like, this is very interesting. So um, when I got offered that role, uh, I auditioned for the main role. I auditioned to be the, the, the cop chick who does the whole investigation. And they're like, no, you want to play the single mom character? I'm like, okay, it's new. <laughs> so I agreed. So when I met with the director and she pulled me aside at the first rehearsal and she's like, oh, by the way, there's something you need to know about your character, but don't tell anyone else. I'm like, okay, what is it? And she says, well, in the very end, it turns out that she's the main criminal mastermind behind everything. Oh, she's the main bad guy, but she Ooh. pretends like she's not because she has her own things. And I'm like, of course, why did I not see this coming? I'm like, because I was like, why do they want me to play this innocent single mom girl? Like, I, I don't get the vibe of that. It's just like, okay, and now that's your answer. Like, she's the main bad guy. I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so that that happens. How much of that, uh, in that particular instance, how much does that um, change your approach to the role then? Uh, Well, uh, you do change a little bit because um, you do want to uh, hint with your performance that um, you're you're up to something because otherwise then it'll come out of nowhere. But... um, it's, it's only in, in how you say things. It's, it's internal monologue, basically. You're not doing anything particular, not doing anything with your face or, or something like that. It would be wrong. You just uh, change your internal monologue and it will reflect in how you do the scene, how you portray the character. Because instead of now thinking like, uh, oh no, I'm so terrified. What is it going to do? Whatever they put me in jail, what's going to happen to my daughter? Oh no, I'm going to lose everything. So instead of that, you're going to be thinking like, okay, everything going according to plan, you know, something this guy might be suspicious but i'll make it work so you know you think different thoughts and the vibe changes <laughs> yeah so it's a lot of it's, it's interesting you don't like change your delivery from like i i i wasn't there to i wasn't there and i didn't see it you know like you're <laughs> no, not doing that no, no. okay <laughs> no you don't do that but it it also always depends on you know on one particular um, film or role or characters, you know, how director wants you to do it. Sometimes directors will tell you, director will tell you, like, oh, when you say this line, you know, do that. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, to give a hint. It's all up, up to them. What, uh, what project was that? It's a, it was a show called Hard Town. Hard Town. Hard Town, yeah. Because now, now I feel like I got to look it up. So, yeah. That looks interesting. The um, what um, out uh, now? Uh, obviously, we've discussed um, Star Wars. Um, what other geekdom, nerddom realms do you enjoy as well? Uh, well, my favorite one would be Blade Runner. Oh, okay. It's my favorite universe and favorite film. Um, 
apart from Star Wars, um, I really liked Arcane, the show. Oh, yes. That really resonated a lot on all levels. So I guess these three would be my favorite, but um, pretty much like any good sci-fi, I've been watching uh, The Orville recently. <laughs> That's such a great <laughs> show. Such a good show. So something like that also, it just really depends on... Um, Depends on um, how good it is. And uh, I also watched uh, Timeless recently. Hmm, I don't think I've seen that one. If you haven't seen it, it's also science fiction, but time travel, it's incredible. I enjoyed it so, so much. It's one of those like really good ones. Mm-hmm. Well-written, well-acted, uh, fantastic characters, um, very educational because it's all time travel to history. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so that one was incredible. Um, yeah, and um, if, you, if we talk... Like normal life, I really like uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. It's all dark and sweet and all. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much, yeah, it, it, it's more or less science fiction and moody. But both of this even better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, as as you enjoy all that, and as you are also somebody who is an actor, um, can you look back on your life or even like currently? And think of certain actors who you feel like have been important to you or who have influenced you or have inspired you? There were definitely a few, and I keep discovering like, those actors, which is really cool. <laughs> um, my favorite actor since I was uh, probably 14 was uh, Christian Bale. Mm. So for a very long time. Uh, he is um, very, very in depth with his roles and uh, um, there's things to learn from him. So each each actor is inspiring in their own way, how they do a certain thing. So he's very into his characters, very dedicated. So I love that. And uh, um, I always loved uh, Vivian Lee. Of course, Gone with the Wind, that's the one um, I saw her first when I was little. Uh, and that's a completely different story because, you know, old Hollywood, it's a different epoch era. And she was just so, so stunning and so interesting on screen. And it's a different acting school because it was so long ago. You know, it changes how people are acting now. But uh, it, it's good to learn just the, the gracefulness she had. I think it got a, a really big impact on me. Um well, so there's so many, there's so many amazing actors. I really love, but basically if there's a charisma on screen, I get attracted to it. I really love actors with theater background, mostly British, like Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. uh, someone who even in a role that's very sci-fi and maybe not that serious, they bring that depth to it. So I'm learning that Benedict Cumberbatch, of course. Um, any any good actor really has something, something to teach me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, um, who else? Um, I love, love, love Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. She's just mesmerizing. I like actors that you just can't take your eyes off. You just, she appears on screen and that's it. You just only want to watch her for days. Right. Yeah, for sure. The, um, God, Kate Blanchett. And I thought it was a crime, um, in the movie Thor Ragnarok, which I loved, but there were so few, actual on-screen interactions between Tom Hiddleston and Kate Blanchett. Like I could watch a whole movie of just yeah. those two. Like yeah. I don't even care what roles they're playing. I really don't like they yeah. could be Abraham and Mrs. Lincoln. Fine. I'll watch it. Uh, I'll yeah. pay top dollar to see it too. 
you know, because they're just two actors that could play any role and you're going to be excited to see it. It's like Ryan Gosling for me is that person. Some people don't like him at all and some people really like him, but he is to me a master of internal dialogue. So like in Blade Runner 2049, I said I could watch him for five hours just walking around the city, not saying anything. Because <laughs> he's so, so good at showing you just a little bit and then you make everything up in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's a talent. Mm-hmm. Because one thing, if you, they show you everything you need to, to see, and then another one is they give you just enough so you can imagine whatever it is you want to imagine. Right. Yeah. I, um, you know, and part of the problem I think with that is I think there are times where people, they, they may say they don't like an actor, but when you think about it, it's really more, they don't like the genre that that actor's in, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think that'll, you know, I think that a lot, like I can look at somebody who you know, as an actor who may be known for being in a certain genre of movies or TV or something like that, that is not at all my cup of tea, but I can still look at it and admire, you know, the work that they put into it. I even laugh like there sometimes I'll be on TV and every once in a while I'll, I'll get bored and get on YouTube or Hulu or something like that. And I'll watch like old eighties sitcoms and stuff like that. And, And sometimes you just take it and appreciate it. Like, you know, this isn't that well known of a show, not even well, that well known of an episode, but that actor is working their ass off in that scene. I mean, you just yeah. got to appreciate that. Like, you know, yeah. it, you're right there. And it, it comes down to the, I think the science of acting, which I think it, which I find fascinating. And I find fascinating the amount of different like approaches that people take to the roles like Christian Bale, who you were saying, did you, um, have you seen Thor Love and Thunder yet? Not yet. No. Oh yes. You'll have to do me, do me a gigantic favor. If, if you would be willing when you do finally see it, whenever it is, just message me and tell me what you thought of his performance. Okay. This is great. I'm my opinion. It was great. I, I absolutely loved it. But okay. you know, if you haven't I'll seen it, I'm, I'm not going to say anymore because I don't. I don't want to spoil anything. I've watched. <laughs> I've, I've heard things about it. I'll watch it. Or like uh, Oscar Isaac is the other one. Oh my god! He can play anyone anywhere, and I'll watch it all day. That guy. That guy, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a lot to learn, but what I see is the the whole thing about every single one of them. It's so, of course talent, but it's charisma and it's dedication to mm-hmm. the, to their work. It's a respect to their work, and that's what I was saying. It's a uh, very internal. All of these people, they find their internal truths that they put in the role one way or another. Mm-hmm. So all of this together makes them so irresistible. Right. Yeah, and the. The one thing that I love about actors who I find who are really great, Oscar Isaac is one of them. I think Tom Hiddleston is one of them as well. And even Christian Bale is that I love actors, especially who are theater actors, who aren't concerned about what project they're doing based upon their personal status and the tears of Hollywood as much as they are. Is it a good story? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I mean, it was that, even that way with Alec Guinness. I mean, at the time George Lucas got Alec Guinness to play <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean, here was like a famous actor Yeah, that just won a bunch of awards, I think for Bridge on the River Kwai, I believe. Mm-hmm. And here's this punk out of USC who wants to do a space opera. And how does a guy like that even begin to convince somebody like Alec Guinness? To I don't know do how he movie? convinced him. It's yeah. Alec Guinness said it was a great script. He read the script and said, okay, let's do it. You know, and those are the kind of actors I admire. People who are mm-hmm. like, you know, they'll take a chance on those things just because they love the story that they're telling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that's why a lot of people who already don't are not con- concerned with money any longer. They just will do some indie film somewhere, even in Europe, especially actors from there. They just go and do some indie films. And who cares if it's mm. on some festival, if it's a good, <laughs> good... Who does it, actually? There's someone who does it a lot lately. Oh, I don't want to say the name because I'm not sure. I know Daniel Radcliffe did something like that, but uh, there are a lot of those actors who just want to break the stereotype of what they've been playing, want to do something different. Mm -hmm. So they just go to some indie films. And I think it's great because there's so many talented people out there that are not as known, especially in filmmaking. There are directors, there are actors, especially if you watch those shows uh, like Timeless. What really amazed me that... um, actors they picked for secondary characters in each episode who sometimes played historical figures they were brilliant i'm like where did they find those people (laughs) they literally have five minutes of screen time they should be on big screen because that amount of talent and everything i was just what you have five minutes of time the girl who played um there's an episode about bonnie bonnie and clyde (laughs) <laughs> they traveled to meet bonnie and clyde the girl who played bonnie i looked her up i'm like where wh- wh- why didn't i see her before mm-hmm. she, she's just incredible and the girl who played um oh gosh um josephine can't remember it's a famous um 1920 singer and she worked for the alleys in second world war she was like a spy josephine is it bricks josephine bricks I'm drawing a blank on that one. I got to be honest. Okay, I have to look. I just brain brain freeze. Uh, yeah, the girls are uh, Tiffany Daniels. I think that played her. What? Like she she was <laughs> insanely good. And the the guy who plays one of the bad guys on the show, uh, you know, he's been on TV a while. He did some good projects, but I'm like, what? Put him in a in a main role in a in a big blockbuster or a big movie because he can pull it off. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So it's just amount of talent out there is insane so it's good when people who are already up there they help the ones who need the extra push mm-hmm. yeah the um and i felt that way about sophie turner who played sylvia in the loki series like all of a sudden out of nowhere there's this phenomenal actor and you're like where has she been like what rock were you people keeping her under because she's phenomenal and then you look out their thing and they you think they're out of nowhere they're not and they, yeah. these people have 10 15 people, years of work consistently and it's only now that they're they're seen but you know how much work is behind that so i'm glad that they finally get this breakout yes yes for sure um aside from the acting um being a singer that you are what kind of and this is like a total like gear shift here um what kind of music do you personally enjoy it really depends i can listen to any genre it just depends on the song if the song is good and touches me i will listen to it but my favorite is soundtracks always soundtrack music because it's again it's a story and usually the amount of thought that's put into it the depths, the the visuals that I can see in my head when I'm listening to it, that's usually my favorite, whether it's just a song song or if it's just instrumental. That's the only only ones I can listen to in, in the loop, like listen to, you know, on repeat, because otherwise I can't. It just it mm-hmm. triggers my ADHD, whatever it is I have, like it distracts me too much. <laughs> but soundtrack, yes, yeah, my favorite. That's the music I like to sing and write mostly, and that's what I listen to. Mm-hmm. Can you uh okay? Here's a question. This is a, this is like very serious. 
This is like the ultimate get to know somebody question, by the way. Okay. <laughs> that involves music. <clears throat> like, let's say you have to go underground. You have mm-hmm. to go underground. You have to live in like um, a shelter for the rest of your days. And, and you're rushed to get down there. You are allowed to take five bands with you or musical acts. And I don't mean the actual like band, like you don't get to take Metallica down there with you. Don't oh, take too bad. Guys. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd be in heaven, but um, basically like if you say the Beatles, then you get to say, take the entire Beatles catalog. All okay. right. But you get to pick five, which five are you going with? Okay. Five. I would take Madonna. I would take Imagine Dragons. I would take um, uh, Hans Zimmer. I don't know. It's not a band, but I would take Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would take um, Aha, the Swedish band. And I have one more. Um, What would I take? Maybe. Okay, we got, I said Madonna, right? So I have one more. The final winner. (laughs) Who would go? I'm just going in my head through my soundtrack collection. <laughs> uh, Alan Mankin. Alan Mankin. Okay. That's a pretty eclectic bunch. I like that. I know. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Well, Metallica almost made it. <laughs> almost. We were this close to being buddies. Um, <laughs> that is, uh, yeah, that's, I, I've, I've found that over the course of time, that is such a great question to ask somebody because you get to know so much in such a, a short amount of time. Um, I hope that never happens where you're stuck with just, you know, those five, but yeah. Yeah. Especially that was interesting. I've never had somebody say like Hans Zimmer, like a composer, but I think that's really cool. Like that's cause that's, that's a, I mean, that in and of itself is semi-eclectic there. Yeah. Just, just the volume, pure volume of work he's done on different kind of projects. Yeah. That's a cool, I like that answer. The um, okay. After that, uh, the next question I have is what would, um, being into everything that you're into and being the actor that you are and creative, what would be like some of the dream roles for movies or TV shows that like, if you could have a genie and could get wishes, what ones would you go with? Good question. Okay. So, well, there's a, we're going to leave Ahsoka aside, right? Cause that's right. like a no brainer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, well, obviously, in Star Wars, uh, anything that would fit me and any cool character would be great. But the role, like an exact character, there is a series called uh, Grim Space. Okay. And it's a book series, sci-fi, and it has one of the coolest main characters ever. It's this pilot navigator lady who comes, literally goes on a journey from being a from being a thug and a criminal to being one of the most important people in the galaxy who is just saving the world and her adventures on the way. And it's in, it would make an incredible series. I wish I could make it. Maybe one day I will. I would like to play her. Um, it's, it's so much. Even her language changes how she speaks. But anyways, uh, so yeah, Jax. Her name's Jax. I would like to play Jax. Um, what else? Is it like based on a book or something? Whatever. Like whether it's a franchise that's already out there, something you'd love to adapt. I mean, you name it. If you're like, man, I really feel like, you know, the Flintstones needs a reboot here and I'm going to get Oscar Isaac and Tom Hiddleston in here and we're going to 
we're going to do this thing. I would not be in it. I would play their whatever they have, the dino. <laughs> <laughs> if they did that with those actors, like I'd play the dino, just get me in there. Um, I would love to play um, a character in Blade Runner. Mm. Well, we're talking about main characters, right? Because obviously that's what everyone wants to do. Uh, but yeah, Blade Runner, anything in Blade Runner would be, would be amazing. Either uh, an actual Blade Runner or a replicant. Um, I would love to play something like uh, Equilibrium, like, and actually we already did a short film like that, but it would be great to do something like a full, full movie, but just updated, something futuristic, dystopian, very dark, something that has to do with human nat nature. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can think of an, like an exact, exact book. But yeah, any any role that would require some action, some drama, so something science fiction-y. Yeah. Maybe I would love to play a character in Wheel of Time. There's just so many, literally, there's just so many characters. But, you know, anything that would fit me would be fun. Right. Gosh, that's great you mentioned Equilibrium. That's such an underrated movie. Mm -hmm. That was Christian Bale and Sean Bean, right? Yeah. Yes. God, that was such a good movie. And I don't know why it's not like more highly regarded, especially in nerd circles, because it was such a fan and action wise, like the choreography in that movie was just, yeah, you know, because I remember great. watching like a behind the scenes and they had like a chore choreographer who like designed, basically created a style of martial arts that involves like handguns. And you see them like use yeah. it in the movie. And I, I, every time I watch that movie, I'm just blown away by probably the amount of time they had to spend just rehearsing and choreographing those fight scenes because they were so in it and action aside it's just a great story i mean the storyline to it is fantastic gosh dang yeah, it now i gotta go watch good, I, I guess I, I didn't know about this film it was um i did my idea first and then i watched the film and it i see how it's a little bit separate but um i would love to do a full feature it's not exactly like that but it's also a dystopian world where certain things are forbidden Mm -hmm. Because the, the society wants um, to keep people just complacent and gray and not feel anything, mm -hmm. not, not, not do art, not create. And so my character that I played in a short film, she's the one that breaks the rule and gets into trouble. So that would be fun to, to do that. But you know what's, what's interesting now that you're saying that uh, it's the original ideas that I want to play because um, there is a character for me that I'm playing in a pilot for the TV series, which is exactly that. She's a very old like a fighter with the dark forces on earth. Uh, and she's very like dark and brooding, but very cool. And then there's another film, which is dystopian in, in future. Uh, and my character is um, one of them, like how to say, um, one of the um, girls clan that survives on their own and she's the one that starts to question the way of things mm. like whether the girls should just be by themselves or should they actually not try to kill all the men that they see so a <laughs> little rebellion yeah uh, but anyways it's just our projects our own that uh, we develop and hopefully one day we'll get to film them because they're incredible and i guess it's just interesting to to, to do something original that people haven't seen before mm-hmm so when we look at your resume, we shouldn't like check the box conformist because I'm, that's one thing I'm not picking up on through all this. <laughs> no. And I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, that is really cool. The, um, well, we're, um, we're getting about, um, up to the, up to the clock here. Um, anything you want to, um, say to folks on the way out? 
wisdom of the day. <laughs> um, well, yeah, um, I just wanted to encourage everyone to follow whatever it is you guys want to achieve in your life. And even though things may seem dark sometimes and hopeless, I remember there's a new day, a new beginning, like Ahsoka Tano said, and uh, keep keep being a better person each day don't compare yourself to anyone but you yesterday because you're your ultimate competition uh, and um, make good choices for you and for the people you care about um, especially if something big is at stake you know fight for the good fight for the good and um, help in any way you can those who do it those who need it because right now there's so many things happening in the world and tomorrow is not guaranteed so i guess every day needs to be lived with that thought that what did i do today to to leave something good behind mm -hmm. i love it so very much and um i want to personally thank you for uh taking time out of your evening to come on the show um it's it's been an absolute absolute pleasure to have you here i look forward to everything that's coming your way in the future and uh yeah uh, once again, thank you, and I hope I get to talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me. I was really, really enjoyed it. Yes, thank you so much. All right, everyone. So that was the episode with Ray. I hope you enjoyed it. She is just a lot of fun to talk to. I want to thank everybody out there for doing everything you do to support this podcast. And to all those of you who are new, thank you for coming on this journey with us. I'm going to get out of here before I do. I want to say I love all you. Hope you take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time.